Next on BYU Sports Nation, rise and shout, campers. Football is back, and yes, we are talking about practice. It's the 2017 BYU Football Fall Camp Preview. What's your number one storyline going into fall camp? Quarterback Tanner Mangum will join us live on reporting day. And the cool Canadian radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, also on the list. Plus your brand new odds to win fall camp MVP. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B. Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live as live can be. Yeah. Football is back. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I hope you've had this date circled on your calendar for a while. Legit pumped. Wednesday, July 26th, wherever and however you are dialed in, it's great to have you with us. What's up? As we talk football today. On the Folk Camp Preview Show. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah! Sing it, Motab! <laughs> Is that Alex Boyer in there? I couldn't really hear him. I'm pumped. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with backup Madden football ratings coordinator, Jerem Jordan. It'd be fun to be associated with that, right? I, I missed the college football version, but Jamal Williams was featured in a video tweeted out by EA Sports Madden NFL where a couple of rookies would write what they thought their ratings would be in different categories. Like agility, speed, yeah. strength. Yeah, hands, all that. So Jamal Williams is featured in there, and he got a higher score in his agility than he even guessed. So he was dancing, and then uh, <laughs> they'd tell him their actual uh, ratings. Overall. Overall, and then they'd put an emoji on that. Yeah, he put the, uh, the what he called the dookie emoji <laughs> on a couple of those. <laughs> Because he didn't agree. But classic Jamal, like his personality is so big. I love it. Oh, great stuff. In fact, I believe, Jeremy tweeted about that, correct? I did. I tweeted out if you missed it. All right. At Jerem Jordan, if you'd like to see Jamal Williams react with an emoji to his overall Madden football we, we rating. We need one of those on here. That way, if like one of our opinions or, I don't know, if, <laughs> if a guest comes on here and just goes crazy, um, recently that happened, uh, we could put up you know, one of those emojis and be like, oh, that stinks. By the way, you brought up NCAA football, produced by EA Sports. I still haven't gotten rid of my old Xbox 360 because that's the only platform that you can oh, play that game on. I have NCAA football 12. Yeah. I'll still bust that out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I just update the rosters every yeah. year. I need to see 13. You can update the rosters. I have 12. Okay. Or maybe it's 14. I can't remember. Hey, that's, that's, that's a problem. I got to go over to your house again, like that one time I did, and we played it till like 3 in the morning. Yes, yes. And then you threw up at the airport. And then I threw up in an outdoor, <laughs> yeah, I got food poisoning. It wasn't because of something you ate at my house. Was it? <laughs> this was a couple years ago. It, it don't matter. <laughs> hey, that game is prime product on eBay, man. Tell you what. Yes, it is. Uh, let's embrace the football mood with today's headline, shall we? It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU football reports to fall camp today. Oh, yeah. As we speak, newcomers receiving their iPads. The team has equipment issue in meetings this afternoon. We'll talk with the quarterback, Tanner Mangum, later in the program. You hear that? What's that? I feel a song coming on, Spencer. All that we hold so dear. Oh, yeah. At this wonderful It's like Christmas in July, people. Yes! It's a wonderful time of year. Football practice is back! (laughs) Football practice. 
<laughs> not technically like because they don't start till tomorrow, yeah. but kind yeah. of. So like you said, today they have some meetings. New guys get their iPads. So Mo Longy's getting an iPad today, which is great. That was a great issue. song, by the way. Yeah. All that we, we hold so dear. We, did, we didn't have the rights to use the classic. <laughs> so we had to pull that one off. Hey, Cougars in the NFL report as well today. Jamal Williams, aforementioned. Taysom Hill, Colby Pearson report to Packers training camp today. Mitch Matthews and Dolphins barber John Denny. <laughs> How about that? The Patriots, Kyle Van Noy and Harvey Longy. Rob Daniel, Bronson Kafusi, DeAndre Wesley start with the Ravens camp today. So, man. It is beginning, baby. It's interesting how there are multiple BYU players on a few NFL teams. One, two, three, four, right there. That's crazy. It's crazy. So if you don't have an NFL team to root for. Mr. Pibb and Red Vines. Hey, go with the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Packers, uh, and the Patriots. Well, don't. No, I'm not going for any of those teams. I'm sorry. Oh, if you don't have a team? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. If you don't have a team? I think that some of the fan base, Packers fans. Because you have the two guys that are there. Hopefully, Colby Pearson can hang on as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And and the Packers have a BYU, a little bit of a BYU legacy, right? With Ty Detmer and Brady Papinga and Vic Soto. Uh, Vic Soto. Yeah. yeah, sure. There's some, there's some history there. In the major leagues, Jacob Brugman was initially in the Oakland A's lineup on Tuesday, but was scratched due to a neck injury. We wish Jacob a very speedy recovery. The San Francisco Gate reports Brugman is experiencing soreness and struggling with movement in his neck. Because he's been carrying the outfield for so long. Colton Shaver hit another home run last night. That's four games in a row. That is a Greenville Astros record. Colton Shaver continues to ball out. I feel like we should talk to him very, very soon. Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you when you do that, when you set records in your single A ball club or what are your rookie league ball club, yeah, we, we need to talk to you. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The 2017 BYU football fall camp preview. That's right, campers. Gather around. BYU football is back. Kind of. Kind of. Players report today. Practice starts tomorrow, and we begin the journey to answering some very, very deep and important football questions. What's your number one storyline going into BYU football fall camp is our Twitter question today. Use the hashtag BYUSN at P-M-A-K-J-R-R. The depth of the D-line building towards the future. Number one storyline. Okay, that's not my number one storyline, but it's, that's an interesting one, right? Depth in a lot of positions. D-line, kind of a nameless, faceless group of sorts. I think that changes pretty soon. But they factor into the havoc rate, which Greg Rebell introduced to a little while ago. Dope. And we will talk with Greg Rebell later today. So some love for the defensive line in terms of being a number one storyline. Here are... The BYU Sports Nation top three storylines going into camp, starting with number one, hard to overlook the quarterback position in the game of football, the progression of Tanner Mangum. I have a question here, okay? And I want to ask it to Tanner Mangum, who will join us coming up. If you only saw 2015 of Tanner Mangum, you'd be like, ah, BYU's in business. That was a different offense and a different time. If you only saw the bowl game and the spring game, you would think that BYU was in trouble at quarterback. Granted, both games, it was raining quite a bit. I'm excited to see somewhere in between, right? Where's Tanner Mangum at? Where is he at physically? Where is he at emotionally? He's had a full offseason 
to know he's the guy for the first time. Yeah, no quarterback controversy, competition. Granted, there wasn't really one. There kind of was last year, but we, I told you all pre-fall camp that it was going to be Taysom, and it was. So now, now here we are with Tanner Mangum. Where's he at in his progression? I expect him to be good. The question is just how good will he be? Tanner Mangum, as Jerem just mentioned, will join us. Hold on, hold on. We're showing the home area. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need the Christmas music again when we watch that. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of growth has Tanner Mangum, I guess, been introduced to in the pro-style offense? Yeah. How, How much better does he feel having sat a year? How has he embraced it? I think it helped Where him. has he made strides? Who better to hear from than him? And we will tackle all of those subjects, no pun intended. But not Tanner. The progression. You can't, ta- you can't tackle the quarterback. No, not in, in fall camp. camp. No, no, no. You touch him and I you hope- are running for years. I hope he comes in with, like, the green jersey or whatever. <laughs> like, don't touch me. You guys can't touch me. He's like, no hard questions. Hey, welcome. He's like, don't. You can't. Sorry. No handshakes. You can't touch me. Yeah. What's the growth like within Ty Detmer's pro-style offense? And I think something that will factor into – uh, that that helps Tanner Mangum a lot is that he has not had to worry about his status as being the guy. I mean, when you know you're the guy, it's like, okay, all the chips are in on me. Yeah, I've had this my whole life. Oh. It's just a great spot to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Ta- not true. Tanner Mangum is obviously the most important position on the offense because he has the ball in his hands every play. Mm-hmm. But who will he share the ball with? That is our number two top storyline going into BYU football fall camp. Who are the offensive playmakers? Yeah, we, we need to see who these guys are. And we will not necessarily know the answer at a fall camp. We'll get an idea of it. Because in fall camp, there's not a guy that doesn't show up and make plays in fall camp and then all of a sudden does in the games. That's generally not – it doesn't work that way, okay? So we're going to see in fall camp – is it Squally Canada? Is it Ula Tolutau? Is it Jonah Treneman? Ronai Laulu Pututau? Is it Matt Bushman? Is it other guys? Talon Shumway? Who? KJ Hall? Who is it? I'm excited to see running backs and wide receivers, the offensive playmakers, develop because I think there's some young, good playmakers in that group. Yeah, that is exciting because there are a lot of unknowns, which leads it's scary us and exciting. to a scary stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's offense returns 14.9% of total yards from last season. Uh, my calculations have that as not a lot. Jamal Williams, Nick Kurtz, Mitchell Jurgens, Taysom Hill, those guys gone. Those were the, your kind of majority of yards guys. So here we are with a new crew of guys. A defense that is proven, excellent at takeaways, excellent at stopping the rush, excellent at scoring defense. And here's the offense that can carve its new self out with year two post Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams. And last week you and I focused on the receivers and we kind of put our our chips on dark horse receivers that, that could make some noise, right? You went with Talon Shumway mm-hmm. and uh, I think Micah Simon has an opportunity to have a breakout year. You haven't really seen these guys on the field that much. But again, One, because they're sophomores, redshirt freshmen or sophomores. So it's it's time. It's time. You're going to see these guys play and play a lot. And the third top storyline going into BYU football fall camp in 2017. We talked about this on Monday. Who replaces Kai Nakua, one of the all-time greats at BYU to play safety? I don't know that there's a guy that's going to have 
as many interceptions as he had. He was special, and it took a few years. 14 in his career. He had six in an individual season twice. Yeah, so his junior and senior. So Matt Hadley and Zane Anderson are guys that could be there. Tanner Jacobson could be there. You know Micah Hanneman is the other safety. So who is the Kainakua replacement at free safety that can roam and make plays in that way? Hanneman's a playmaker too, but who's the other guy? That's that's a question. Is it Hadley, Anderson, Jacobson, other? I mean, there's some good players there. Does BYU move any corners back to safety? At some point in the future, like, like are you so I'd be loaded shocked at corner, if they don't. Are you so loaded at corner that you can afford to move a Dian Gonwoloku back to safety at some or, point? I don't or know. Troy Warner, for that know. matter. Like those, those guys have the capability to play several positions. Where does Ed Lamb want to use them? What's your number one storyline going into BYU football fall camp? You've heard our top three coming up. Our favorite Canadian, Greg Rebell, joins us on the show to tell us his top storyline as BYU football practice begins. Kind of. Football is back. Kind Kind of. of. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. This is BYU Sports Nation. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow our Twitter account at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN 24-7 whenever you feel like talking with us. We will see your tweets, people. Oh, That's a little scary, but yeah, it's true. Uh, this is our fall camp preview show, and it continues. And the debut of Behind the Mic with Greg Bell is one week from today. 8 to 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait for that new program in our family of networks here, BYU TV, BYU Radio. So BYU Radio, it's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. I hear there's a prestigious guest lineup for that first show, Jerem. Yeah, you're on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best guest they could get. Well, I was thinking of Chad Chad Lewis. They couldn't get Ziggy, so they got you. Yeah, well, (laughs) sorry, everybody. Sorry, I should apologize to Greg Rebell for that, too. <laughs> Behind the mic, August 2nd, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Our Twitter question today, what's your number one storyline going into BYU football fall camp? At EO Cowboy tweets in, who's going to step up at running back and defensive back? Is Mangum going to have a slump second year per the curse? I think there are like three There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. But hey, hey can't pick one. It's America, just... Yeah, just do it. Pick three. Joining us now in Studio B is the man that we just mentioned behind the mic, star of He's Greg Rebell. Right and he is behind the mic. And once right again, now. that's where I'm setting up. <laughs> hey, yeah, we're going to go out of the shoots with uh, Spencer next Wednesday. So, so, so the plan will be that's big time. Yeah, the plan will be uh, to kick off each show. That first segment will kind of be uh, what's, what's happening now uh, in BYU sports. And I'm going to bring on somebody from BYU TV sports, hopefully every week, to kind of kick it around. Spencer's first up uh, next week. Then we'll launch into a couple of kind of longer feature-length interviews. Every week you're going to get uh, a current Cougar, uh, a current administrator, player, coach, someone making news currently on campus, for kind of a longer, kind of up-close-and-personal feature interview. Then we're going to, then we're going to be uh, calling it a Catching Up with the Cougars in the next segment. Again, a feature interview, but somebody that's a cougar from a days gone by, player or coach. And we'll either have them in studio or on the line and uh, find out what they're doing, catch up with the cougars, as it were. And then, uh, yeah, that'll be our show. What year of football broadcasting participation is this for you? 26? 26. 26. Yeah. Okay. So this is, we, we joke, this is sort of Christmas. Like, football's back, sort of. They report today. What, what's this like emotionally as we sit here in July, <laughs> but BYU football is doing stuff today? Well, 
you know, we, we say that the off seasons this year, the off season got shorter because they began camp earlier, but it's a, it, it's a, it's a fact. It's a fact of time and space that the older you get, uh, periods of time shrink to you. Uh, and, and so you cosmic on us. I am yeah. because, because, you know, so, you know, when, when you're 50 years old, okay. Um, a, a, a one year span of time is 2% of your life. We've talked about this at lunch. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. If you're 10 years old, a one-year span of time is 10% of your life. So it takes longer in your brain to, you know, to live 10%. But so the older you get, things just tend to really click on by. So the off-seasons do get shorter and shorter as you get older. But this year, they really are shorter because we're starting here in late July. But it's all good. Yeah. Since you brought that to light at lunch, I'm not kidding. I've shared that ideology <laughs> with like 20 people. <laughs> like, I'm why, fascinated why are you, why are you saying this, Spencer? What, Where, uh, where'd you what, learn that? You're like, you I this? looked this up. <laughs> I, just something that I randomly thought uh, of. Anyway. No, but it, does, it does feel that way, and it, it really is that way this year, but it's great. I mean, uh, the earlier the better. Of course, the NCAA uh, uh, mandating no more two-a-days, so that's, uh, you know, that, that, that has to kind of fade into the, in, into the vernacular now. No, two-a-days don't exist anymore. That's, that, that's a thing of the past. And, uh, and BYU gets allotted a certain number of practice periods. I, I think it's uh, you know it, it'll probably they may, may not use every single one of them, but that's good too. They'll they'll, they'll take a break somewhere, uh, you know maybe a camping trip like they did last year, and, and give themselves some space and time just to to chill out a little bit, give their bodies a rest, and that and that's good too. It's all about making sure you get to week zero in this case uh, healthy, yes, and and then ideally into week one healthy. And if you can if you can pace camp in such a way. That, uh, that that and coach Alva Gurley, you know the coaches will have their thumb on the pulse of this thing. If you can pace it in such a way to keep yourselves and your bodies in as good a shape as possible and get the mental reps in where they need to be, then it's all good. Are you invited to the gear handout party? I, I mean, get... after 26 <laughs> years, are you not? Do you not get a pass to no, that? I live it vicariously, like we all do through uh, through Twitter. Now we get to see them put the helmets on and everything else. But uh, yeah, it's a cool deal. They're all showing up, and this is the day they become players for the year. And uh, yeah, I like it. Mo Longy gets his iPad today. I think this is a big day for everybody. They all get their iPads. Yeah, in the, the, new, the yeah, newcomers yeah. like, oh sweet, with all the plays and everything. Wait, which that technology is pretty cool. It's it's different than when, uh, you know, in the '80s where it's like by hand or or when you, or when you had to right? come into the facility to watch film. Uh, now you take film with you, and film is video clips and files, and it really is accessible to you whenever, wherever you need it. On the plane, on the dry, on the flight home, they're watching film if they choose to. So what they've got, Errol Sieber and his crew, and of course the entire staff, uh, they give all the players every uh, possibility of success due to technology, and that'll start this morning too. Yeah. I want to see what other apps are downloaded on each guy's iPad. Like, how much are you using this for non-football stuff? <laughs> That's what I want to angry know. Angry Birds. <laughs> yeah, Angry Birds or whatever. Um, Netflix all the time. Uh, we're talking about storylines going into fall camp. We've ID'd a couple of them. Tanner Mangum's progression. Who are the offensive playmakers? Kai Nakua. What's, what are some questions you have going into fall camp that you're, you're hoping to start to see answers? Because we don't really get answers until the games. We kind of start to get some answers. If the defense isn't entirely locked down, it's pretty close. Uh, we're trying to find a safety. Uh, we're we're maybe, maybe looking to see of that large group of defensive linemen uh, who, who emerges to be part of a, a, maybe a two-deep rotation. So, but I think most of the questions come on the offensive side. And so to me, the, the main storyline would be, besides quarterback and offensive line, the spine of the offense – how do the other skill positions shake out? Who emerges at running back, tight end, wide receiver? And wide receiver is probably a little more loaded than we maybe give it credit for being. But because Micah and Achille were redshirting last year, they were kind of out of sight, out of mind. So who emerges at those three spots around the quarterback and O-line, I think will be, to me, one of the more intriguing storylines. We know who we expect 
to do well. We expect to see Matt Bushman catch a lot of balls and kind of and kind of uh, put himself near the top of that list, along with Maroni Lupututau. But Tanner Baldry was a contributor last year. Don't forget about him. And we expect Squally Canada to get the most looks at the most reps. How will he respond to that? There are a lot of things we expect. We expect Jonah Trinneman to be the lead guy because he has the most receptions coming back. But there are always those those players that jump up and make a name for themselves. And I'm expe- I'm especially and particularly intrigued at those three spots as to who emerges here in camp. Statistically speaking, what kind of production would be considered the next step or, I don't know, successful for a guy like Tanner Mangum in his current situation? Well, I mean, he set the bar at 3,000-plus as a freshman, right? Um, so he's, he started off pretty well. Uh, you know, 4,000 passing yards is, is a number that you don't see too often. And, and so to, to, to say that's the number you're, you're setting as a standard, you know, that, that's pretty ambitious. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's kind of when you're putting yourself in elite BYU quarterback territory when did you're putting you up those. Did you say I did. Okay, just checking. Yeah. It's a good it's, use it's, of that. It's a grade. word that we don't use small, in vain Small E, program. small E in this case. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I think, you know, that, that would be, of course, a tremendous big-time aerial season. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, because you're going to be sacrificing a certain number of ground yards from last year just because the fact that Tanner and Jamal aren't there, the, where are you going to make them up? And the answer would be most likely through the air with a gunslinger like Tanner Mangum. Okay, Two thirty a game is three thousand. Three oh seven a game regular season is four thousand. Yeah, three hundred at BYU doesn't feel like a lot, but I think in the back office, in the day it was it was it was yeah. rigor is what you expected. Yeah, I think three oh seven a game passing in this offense might be pushing it a little bit. If you can rush for two hundred, pass for two hundred, and you've chronicled this for a long time, those are winning numbers for BYU. So three hundred isn't necessarily the benchmark I'm looking at. I'm looking at more like. 250 a game for Tanner Mangum would be good. Yeah, if you were a 300-150 team uh, pass rush. Oh, you're going to win a lot of games. You're in great shape. Yeah. And again, 4,000 is an ambitious number, but I don't think anyone's saying that Tanner Mangum couldn't put that up. I mean, he's clearly going to have he's, – he's got that kind of talent in him, and I think, I think the balls will be in the air this year. So, uh, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's, it's a number. But, and I don't want to say that would be the success or not a success. Ultimately, the success is how many W's did you put up, however you got them. Uh, low scoring, high scoring, more rushing, more passing. It doesn't really matter. And BYU won nine games with, what was it, 15 touchdown passes last year? Not a lot, Because yeah. Jamal yeah. Williams was so good. It just, it's a year-to-year thing. Again, the yards and the points from year-to-year may come in different ways, and I think we'd expect that this year. Just, just, just with the shift of, uh, of talent from two of the most prolific ground gainers. Again, you're looking at the number one and the number five guy in rushing history leaving your team. Two of the top five who've ever run the ball at BYU were on last year's team and aren't on this year's group. So <laughs> That's pretty wild. You're probably giving up some rushing yards uh, in, in sacrifice and sacrifice, in balance for some passing yards, and I think Tanner's the guy to get them done. When yeah. you talk about guys like Akile Davis and Micah Simon and Talon Shumway, these guys that have been off the radar for a while as wide receivers, which of those guys kind of – do you feel like could could step up and play a huge role in this offense? Uh, I'm going to lean to Micah right now. Yeah, uh, he, he'd be kind of the guy that I'd, I'd put early tabs on. Yeah, defensively, we feel like we know what's going to happen. Like you said, it's if it's not locked up, it's pretty close. That they turned the ball over so much, it was fantastic. Forced turnovers, yeah, yeah, yeah. takeaways, yeah. thirty-one yeah. takeaways, tied with Utah uh, for the second most in the country. Do you think this they, they can equal to or best that this year? Do you feel like hey, they returned so many guys that you expect that kind of production similarly again? Yeah, production and disruption. Uh, I think they can be as disruptive as they were last year. And a lot of turnovers is bounce of the ball. Um, it's an oblong, or it's a, it's a prolate spheroid, if you want to be, uh, be specific <laughs> wow. about it. But <laughs> cosmic and that. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, a, a forced fumble doesn't become a recovered fumble because of the way the ball bounces. But they were really good 
at disruption last year, again, taking teams off schedule. And the same coordinator's back, and a lot of his guys are back, and they're a year better and older and more experienced. And so uh, I, I don't think they're going to suddenly become some passive wait-to-see-what-happens group. Uh, they, they forced the action last year, and I think they've got, they've got, got the guys to do it again. And one guy that forced the action was Kainakua. Um who, who do you see as potential guys that could replace Kainakua? Well, you know, there, there's the top three, right? There, there's the Matt Hadley, Zane Anderson, Tanner Jacobson triumvirate right now, and they think somebody will emerge from that group. If it's somebody other than that, that's a heck of a player because those three, those three guys have snaps and reps and experience. And so I guess right now you say that's someone emerges from that trio. And, uh, and, and Matt Hadley, he's interesting because he was a prolific offensive player in high school. I mean, prolific. And, and so Kainakua you know, in high school was, was a quarterback. He was an offensive player too. So Kainakua took kind of an offensive playmaker mindset to the defense. I think Matt Hadley could do very much the same thing, take the offensive playmaker mindset to the – I won't be surprised if Matt Hadley has a good camp and really makes a strong run at that spot. Um, not to downplay what Tanner and Zane are able to do, and they're right in the mix. But I just like the way that Matt Hadley's so versatile. I hope he gets used in the, in, in the return game too because I think he's, he's skillful there. He didn't, he didn't quite get – I mean, the, the running back core is deep enough that he kind of got pulled back from that. There was a chance he might have ended up there too. But uh, he's just super versatile – and uh, the kind of player you love on your team. Uh, I know Ed Lamb loves him as a special teams possibility uh, and would be happy to share him with special teams. As he's also the safeties coach, he gets to coach him twice, if that's the case. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just like Matt a lot. I, I just like what he brings. And, and good heritage, of course, with Spencer, and uh, I just like him as a player. 47 touchdowns as a junior at Connell High School, a Which smaller school in Washington, but still 2,500 yards as a running back. Like Micah Simon, quarterback in high school in Texas, Kind of cool. Like you said, these guys that are quarterbacks or running backs, they come in and you can put them in space, whether it's on defense, to make plays. I like those kind of guys. Yeah, and oftentimes, you know, some DBs get a bad rap. That's why they're playing defense if they don't make every catch. But uh, the guys who've been used to having the ball in their hands, you sometimes like switching over to that side because that's something that's usually pretty strong for them. Yeah, who's the next ball hawk for BYU football or the next prolate spheroid hawk? hawk. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could insult somebody and confuse them at the same time by calling them that. I pulled my prolate spheroid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Greg, just out of sheer curiosity, what percentage of your shirts don't have any BYU insignia on them? In my closet right now? Mm -hmm. The ones hanging on the hangers or in the shelves? Non-BYU logoed? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Ah. Gosh. (laughs) 20%? (laughs) It might, be, it might be a little high. Yeah, yeah. 20%. Wow. That oh. high. Wow, okay. That, that is no logos? No logos. Okay, maybe 15%. I'm dropping it <laughs> minute by minute. I, I got a lot of BYU stuff in the closet. I thank BYU for outfitting me <laughs> yeah. for the last quarter century of my life. You yeah. deserve yeah. that, yeah. man. Yeah. You put in so many years. Okay, not, not to, you know, last but not least is a regular thing we do with you. You're a dual citizen, but you remember the origin of your birth. It's I, called a cool thing about Canada. I am a naturalized U.S. citizen. Naturalized. Yeah, but my uh, mother is as well. Native Canadian, naturalized American. Still, well, still, still love the homeland. If I were to go home, they'd still consider me a Canadian. Yeah, but I'm a naturalized American and proud to be so. Yeah. Uh, so my citizenship is here, but my upbringing is there. This yeah. is called a cool thing about Canada. Yeah. Cue the anthem. Go ahead, Greg. So, uh, who doesn't love mac and cheese, right? Nope. We all love, we all love mac and cheese. Staple. Right. Okay, uh, studies show that in the U.S., in any 12-week period, a third of the U.S. population will eat mac and cheese at some point. 
Okay, and that number goes to and that number goes to 50% for kids. So in a 12-week period, one of every two kids will have mac and cheese at some point in this country. That's a pretty big deal. But in Canada, we eat 50% more mac and cheese per capita than the U.S. So much so that Canada is the world's leading per capita country in consumption of mac and cheese. <laughs> and we all know that when you're saying mac and cheese, we're talking craft mac and cheese, right? Yeah. But in Canada, we and you may have seen this because this has been a Twitter story for me in the last little while. Uh, in, in Canada, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese goes by the name Kraft Dinner. So I grew up on Kraft Dinner is what it's called up there. It is the mac and cheese, but it's Kraft Dinner. And we love Kraft Dinner in Canada. In fact, some say that instead of poutine, that the true national meal of Canada is Kraft Dinner. <laughs> there you go. We're going to have an hour-long special. We love our mac and just cheese. All, just all cool things, things about Canada. All cool things. And, cool and again, things cool Canada. is a relative term on this thing. But, uh, <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing about Canada. I just gave you a thing. It's a, it's a thing that we hope is cool. Kraft dinner sounds so much more oh, dignified. Oh, like So much more nouveau riche. So upper crust, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stop using words we don't understand. <laughs> Come join us for a craft dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great, great stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Always nice to have. Gave the man us many things to many think about. Cool yeah, well. yeah. Impress your friends. All right, uh, uh, players practice tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's exciting. One of the guys practicing is going to be Tanner Mangum, and he's coming up next. Yes, he uh, nicely done. Yeah, nicely yes, done. Yeah. Okay, now I really need to bring it for your first show. <laughs> Holy cow! The cool thing about Clinton, Utah, maybe I don't know. No, probably not doesn't, do that. doesn't the resonate same like no, Canada. Not the same ring. That's doesn't right. resonate. Up right. next, one of, if not this year's leader of the BYU football team. Tanner Mangum in Studio B. Football is back, people. That's my quarterback. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed a cool thing about Canada, it was an all-timer today from the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Not to mention discussions about expectations for Tanner Mangum, who were the offensive playmakers, who replaces Kainakua. Some good opinions from Greg Rebell, who, by the way, behind the mic, one week from today, 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio, the debut. And, of course, if you miss anything on this program or any other offerings from BYU Radio, like behind the mic starting in a week, you can uh, get that on uh, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Not to mention the apps. BYU yeah, think Radio. of the 17 different platforms right now There's in your head, Jerem. I got them all. <laughs> Roku, <laughs> Xbox. There's all kinds of stuff. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, led off by BYU Football. Reporting to fall camp today. Newcomers getting their iPads as we speak. The team has equipment issue and meetings this afternoon. We will talk to the quarterback, Tanner Mangum, in about, I don't know, 60 seconds. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, Taysom Mill, and Colby Pearson report to Packers training camp today. Also, Mitch Matthews and Barber John Denny with the Dolphins. Patriots Kyle Van Noy and Harvey Longy begin training camp today. And Rob Daniel, Bronson Kafusi, who is healthy and back for his rookie season now. And DeAndre Wesley start camp at the Ravens, too. In the major leagues, Jacob Brugman initially on the Oakland A's lineup for Tuesday's game but was scratched due to a neck injury. The San Francisco Gate reporting Brugman is experiencing soreness and struggling with movement in his neck. We wish Jacob a speedy recovery. And Colton Shaver hit another home run last night. That makes it four games in a row with a home run. That is a team record for the Greenville Astros. Jerem, BYU football practice is back. Kind of. And that means... We are one month away. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 31 days. Do it again. Do it again. Roll it again. Roll it again. Roll it again. False start. Countdown to the Vikings. 
31 days and one month exactly. <laughs> yes. Hey, we got seven yards back on first and 15. <laughs> Joining us now in Studio Luckily. B. So eloquently teased by Greg Rebell just moments ago, the BYU quarterback, Tanner Mangum. Tanner. What's up, Tanner? We're here, man. Great recovery, by the way. That was good. You know? Hey, let's go. Let's go. You know, it's good to be back. 31 days away from an actual game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium against Portland State. You report today and you practice tomorrow. I mean, between gear being handed out and the official check-in, what's today like emotionally for you? It's kind of a tease in a way, you know, because you get to you know, come back and, and see everyone together, all the coaches back, and, and get, get your gear. And, uh, you know, you have a team meal and team meeting. So it's fun, you know, you get that excitement going, but you're still, you know, not in the field yet, you know, so I think it gets everyone even more excited for practice tomorrow, you know, just to kind of uh, revamp and go out there tomorrow and kind of give it everything we got, you know, make sure it's a sharp, good practice. So today is just kind of, you know, a little bit more build up leading up to that. But uh, it's a good feeling, though. It's, it's, it's just good to see guys, you know, um, you know, all the new freshmen are here, the coaches are back from recruiting, so it's just... Uh, it's good to be back together as a team. I'm a size 11 and a half, by the way, if you find a spare. <laughs> pay him, no, pay him no attention. Yeah, that would be an NCAA violation. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll talk to Mick. Yeah, talk to Mick. I'll talk to Mick. He's the guy you need to talk oh, to. Good. The first two years you played here, you haven't had the offseason to go, I'm the guy. Yeah. The, the, it, was, it was you and Taysom last year, and it was, you know, it was Taysom. Now it's, it's your team. It's, mm-hmm. it's your offense. How has this offseason been different for you in that way? It just, just you know, the way you mentioned, knowing that I'm the guy, just helps with confidence mostly. Just it gives you that, uh, just you know, that that leadership. You know, knowing that you can go in and and um, and kind of, you know, Coach Coach Sataki just told me, you know, just make it your team, you know, and make sure that hold guys accountable, make sure guys are you know doing their job, and you know, I've I've just done my best to kind of lead by example, and uh, you know, put in a lot of work. You know, I've worked really hard this offseason just to, to get better, to sharpen up my mechanics, to sharpen up my knowledge of the game, knowledge of the offense. And it's been fun to see the the number of guys that are on that same level that are putting in a ton of extra work, you know, really getting stronger, changing their bodies, getting a lot better. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went in on a, on a Saturday just to get some work in and, and, and throw a little bit. And there were 25 guys there from the team that didn't have to be there on a Saturday, but they were just in there getting some extra work, lifting, running, and uh, that, that's exciting to see, you know, when you've got a big chunk of guys that are willing to put in extra work. And, um, it, you know, that gets me fired up. So it's not just me that's working hard. It, we're, we've been working hard this whole offseason, so we're excited to kind of put it all onto the field starting tomorrow. Now you brought up Coach Satake, and you mentioned the words fun and excitement, and um, <laughs> you said recently that Coach Satake helped you rediscover your love for football. So how, yeah. how did that happen? I think you know I mean, he's he, he's such a passionate guy and and he's so fun to be around and and he's such a good friend and he's he's been there for me through through a lot you know personally and on the field and he's just kind of been there for me as, as a mentor as a friend and uh I don't know I think I think maybe I was just kind of going through the motions for a time and and maybe not as um passionate as excited as I usually am but he kind of uh, reinstilled that fire in me and uh, just you know, reminded me that it's a fun game, and reminded me of the uh, the importance of enjoying the brotherhood, of enjoying this experience, and to give it everything you got, and to set your dreams high. And um, it just just spending that time with him, and and has has kind of been it's been a really good experience for me. So he's someone I really look up to and really admire. And 
so this year, you know, the year 2017 has been a good one for me. I'm just, I'm feeling on fire, you know, and just ready to, ready to keep it going, ready to jump into the season, you know, with, with the hit the ground running. A lot of the really good BYU quarterbacks had to sit before their time. Okay. Now you're a junior. Like you should be in your best years, your junior and senior yeah. year, right? Yeah. Your freshman year was the best freshman year of any BYU quarterback ever. <laughs> Last year, you had to you had to sit and watch, and you didn't get to play a ton until kind of later in the season. Mm. How did that, or what did that do for you? How did that help you? Well, it, you know, it taught me a lot of lessons. You know, last year taught me the importance of being a good teammate. You know, putting the team first and and being selfless. And uh, you know, those are those are valuable lessons that that I think helped me, especially as a leader now. Uh, you know, kind of having those experiences helped me um, grow as a person and as a teammate. And then also, it's it's kind of. Um, made me even more motivated for this year just because uh you know I got, I got a little taste of the playing field last year but it's just it made me hungry hungry for more and it, and it showed me that I you know I have a lot of things to work on and uh you know we all want this year to be this year to be special so I realized you know I, I got to put in a lot of extra work and do things that I haven't done before uh you know if if we want to accomplish something that you haven't you've never accomplished you got to do things differently one of my favorite sayings in life yeah exactly you know and and that's what I, the mindset I took into this whole off season. So it's just been a motivating factor throughout this whole training season is just uh, remembering, you know, the, the work that needs to go in in order to have a successful special season. So it's, it's been good. And, and I think uh, um, it's allowed me to, to revamp kind of my game and, and improve and get better in a lot of different ways, like mechanically and, and, and uh, the, running the offense. So I'm excited to kind of go out there now in fall camp and really uh, you know, put it, to, put it together and get ready for the season. If there were one quarterback skill that you feel like you have improved on the most this offseason, which would it be? Uh, I mean, that's a tough question to, to, to pinpoint one because I feel like I've improved on a few. But I think just mastery of the offense. So, for example, we go out and do seven-on-seven seven, um, you know, a few times a week, and – Last year at this time, I mean, I was, you know, just trying to figure out the formations, figure out what, what everyone's doing, and, and it, it's tough to learn a new offense. But now I don't even need a, a card sheet. I can just go out there and line guys up, you know, add motions, add shifts, and call whatever formation I want, whatever play I want, and I can, you know, tell guys, hey, like, adjust your route this way. And just, just having that freedom to know what I'm doing, to be in complete control and just – uh, confidently walk up to the line of scrimmage, knowing where, where guys are going to be, being able to toy with the defense and mess with them a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's fun being able to have that control of it, and and that that's what Ty wants us to be able to do is to have that freedom to just play loose. And when and when you play that way as a quarterback, you play much more confident. So that's that's probably the one skill that I've improved on the most. Is that through words, certain words, or hand signals? How do you? Yeah, word, you know, dummy calls. You can okay. act like you're audibling, but really the words don't mean anything. Yeah. You know, you can do different motions, which, you know, which messes with the defense. Uh, you can, um, you know, call things out, you know, act like you're, you're changing a play, but really you're just, you know, you're keeping it the same. And Have the, you done that in a game? Yeah, you know, or, you, you have to. Where you, you're not, I mean, you want a strategic advantage, but where you're like, I'm just going to mess with this guy? Yeah, you, you kind of have to, you know, just to keep the defense on their toes. Yeah. You know, especially, like, if it's, a, if it's a pass play, you can, you know, say easy, easy, over, over, which is usually a run play. Like, you're going to switch the run from the left side to the right side. But really, you give away all the tricks. Hey, 
is I feel like that's a common that's a common trick. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, he's not giving okay. away anything. You know, I, we just had an experience a few years ago with Jay Keeps where some people got mad. He like said a whole play. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. You know, so you just you make dummy signals or you you say like you you act like you're giving receivers routes, which is which you do. You know, you do that a lot. But sometimes it's sometimes it's it's you're actually doing it. Sometimes you're just doing it to act like you're doing it. You know, and so there's different things like that. You got to keep the defense honest. So it's that, fun. That seems fun. Like I would laugh. You know, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Moroni, Moroni, and I, we we speak Spanish to each other on yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I give him some Spanish audibles. Nice. Like we really do, though. It helps. You know, he, like I just say something to him in Spanish, and only he gets it. Unless there are a few guys on defense that serve Spanish speaking. Like missions. when you're playing Utah State or Utah, might have to be careful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> might they might understand that one. <laughs> BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum with us on the day that all BYU football players report back to fall camp in 2017. I mean, we've seen you play an entire season in 2015 in a different offense. And then, as Jerry mentioned, you got some time at the end of last year, but it seemed that it was raining every game. It's that, raining, uh, you, you know, had when... significant time. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you expect from yourself this year uh, based on the two kind of contrasting seasons that you've had? I think mainly it's, it, I feel like I'm, I'm more polished in, in a way. And, and just, just having game experience helps a ton, you know, it, the game slows down for you so much, you know, playing and comparing from 2015 to now, it, you know, it just, it, the game is a lot slower. It's coming a lot, you know, easier to me, more natural. So I'm excited to just keep building on that. And, and, uh, and then I've learned to not, you know, not put all the pressure on myself, you know, not think that I have to save the day or think that I have to, you know, make this amazing play every time I, I can rely on my teammates, you know, I can check it down to the running back or, you know, hit the tight end in the flat or, just you know, take the open guy and give what the take what the defense gives me. So I've just been just been able to kind of um, manage that mindset a little bit better. Just understanding what to do on each play. You know, do my job and, and take what the defense gives me. So I th- I'm excited to just you know put that into practice. And I feel really confident about my game and about you know where we're heading as an offense as a whole. Sometimes hail marys are 42 yards, and sometimes they're five. Yeah, like in the I, I know you mentioned that multiple times. <laughs> Tanner's ready to uh, get rid of that. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> I'm ready for a 50 plus. If it's the Hail Mary yeah, guy, you know I know. What I mean? Oh, whether good you stuff. like it or not, I guess there are worse things to be known known by. You know, true, true. So. It's a good out. thing. It, it could be worse. Out. You, it ended in a touchdown yeah, both times. It could be worse. Yes, yeah. good. Tanner, Tanner, great to stuff, Tanner. man. Uh, we could do this uh, for another hour for sure, and I'm sure that. Uh, but but you've got to go. You've got to go get. Your equipment issues and seniors yep. go first, so I think you're at like one o'clock or something. Uh, twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Yep. Okay, twelve thirty to get the swag. Getting the gear, getting the swag. Eleven and a half. Don't getting ready to go. <laughs> Medium shirt. <laughs> Duly noted. He's <laughs> like delete. <laughs> yeah. What? In in one ear, out the other. Tanner, thanks for the time, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good luck. We're excited. Okay. Me too. We'll see you tomorrow at practice. Okay. Yes, we'll see you soon. Indeed. Our Twitter question today: What's your number one storyline going into BYU football fall camp? More of your responses next, plus brand new odds from the BYUSN odds makers on who is most likely to be the fall camp MVP. We always hand this out. Who's number one? Who's 450 to, to one? Us? Who's 450 to one? <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the Studio Bizzle. This is the 2017 BYU Football Fall Camp Preview Special. 
Also, your day-to-day home for BYU Sports Play-By-Play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Behind the Mic debuts one week from today, August 2nd, 8 Eastern time with Greg Rubel. It's going to be a fun program. Spencer Linton will be on the show. And today's show has been great. We've already discussed top storylines going into fall camp. We've talked with quarterback Tanner Mangum. We've talked with Greg Rubel. This has been a fantastic day. I'm so pumped that it's July. We've got BYU football, baby. Man. We have a lot to break down after that Tanner Mangum interview. I think we should do that tomorrow. He told us a lot of really good things about his progression within Ty Detmer's pro-style offense. But we have something really important to discuss now. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that I've been looking forward to doing for a very, very, very long time. There's important, and then there's this. It's the BYU Sports Nation official fall camp MVP odds, people. Okay, we always hand this out. So what are the odds? We have the best odds for Tanner Mangum to win MVP. 12 to 1. Ah, yes. He wears 12, okay? How about (laughs) the always popular Mo Longy, Jerem? 450 to (laughs) 1. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. Or is it? <laughs> how, how about how about uh, Ula Tolutau? Okay, forty to one. Forty to one odds. Forty to one odds. Okay. Ula Tolutau is the fall Butch, camp MVP. Butch Powell, nineteen to one. He also uh, had a game high nineteen tackles. That has maybe something to Squally do. with Wally Canada, twenty two to one. Mm. Isn't Fred, he number Fred Warner. Fred Warner, big yes. name, big player. I know a lot of people are asking about Johnny Linehan. Fifteen to one. Fred Warner. Johnny Johnny Linehan. Johnny Linehan. Fall camp MVP. The odds for Johnny Linehan to win fall camp MVP, four over 19. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Hey, hey. No. no. <laughs> Look, read the sign. Read the sign. Read it. Oh. No more. Wait, listen, it, Jonah it's a Trinman, real thing. 75 to 1. Yes. Jonah, I think th- I, I, I would love Jonah to be the fall Jonah, camp MVP. Jonah, hey, I'm taking that. 75, 75 to 1 odds? For Jonah? Can we put five Jolly Ranchers on that? Yeah, taking out some I'll serious put seven candy ranches on that. There you go. I'm not putting anything on this because this is just for fun, Spencer. BYUS and Fall Camp MVP odds. It's a real thing. Mitch Matthews, 2013. Christian Stewart in 2014. Tanner Mangum was the Fall Camp MVP. Jamal in Williams was the MVP. Jamal last year. Last year. Who was it in 2017? A great BYU Sports Nation tradition. Also, on a great tradition, the whip. It happens next with a ton of football. MVP is better. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Tanner Mangum, the BYU quarterback and the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, part of our fall camp preview special on BYUSN. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast at your convenience on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, Blaine Fowler on fall camp day one and a new 10 and 10 tomorrow highlighting the top 10 teams BYU will play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football players and new players getting iPads as we speak. Equipment issues starting in an hour. Team meetings later this afternoon. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, and Colby Pearson report to Green Bay Packers training camp today. Don't forget Mitch Matthews and John Denny, the barber of the Miami Dolphins, who report in South Beach. The Patriots, Kyle Van Noy and Harvey Longy begin training camp today. Rob Daniel, Bronson Kafusi, and DeAndre Wesley open things up at camp with the Baltimore Ravens as well. Cougars in the major leagues. Jacob Bregman was initially on the Oakland A's lineup yesterday, but was scratched due to a neck injury. The San Francisco Gate reports Bregman is experiencing soreness and is struggling with movement in his neck. Cougars in the minors. What's that, Jerem? Colton Shaver hit another home run? What happened? Making it four games in a row with a home run. A new Greenville 
Astros record. Brendan Lund, two for foul with an RBI for the Inland Empire 66ers and an 8-3 win over the Lake Elsinore Storm. Baseball. Keaton Kringlin, playing in a summer collegiate all-star league, went one for three along with teammate Daniel Schneeman. One for two in a St. Cloud Rocks loss to the Thunder Bay Border Cats. Volleyball. In the Pan Am Cup, the USA swept Mexico. Actually, they won in four, I think, didn't they? Uh, Langlois <laughs> had 15 kills, two digs. Sander and Jarman both had two kills as well. The U.S. plays the Dominican Republic today, 2 Eastern time, in the Pan Am Cup in Canada. And so now I will ask you, what happened? What happened? Today's Rise and Shot brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Tanner Mangum, he sounds, looks, feels ready to go. Right. I love that he said, I like to toy and mess with the defense a little bit. He said, I don't need the, the play sheet, the card anymore. That's progress. That's what sitting behind Taysom Hill can do for you. He knows the plays. He's ready to rock, man. Let's see it. Let's see it on the field, baby. I cannot wait. His progression, one of our number one storylines going into BYU football fall camp. What is your number one storyline? Back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Educator Jones. Big 12 expansion. Wait, I might be a year off. Uh, yeah. At Ryan Lewis Cooper. at all. <laughs> at Ryan Lewis Cooper. Position battles at defensive end and free safety. Who's going to replace Kai Nakua? And Harvey Long, side Tautu. At that outside end. Who's going to sack Joni Taki Taki, how, how ready is he to come back into the fold and make an impact? Our elite tweet of the day. At Greg Rosenhen, how big of craters will Mo Longy make on the grass? I'm excited to see him in pads. This is, this is our Ziggy Ansah moment, right? Did you know that he didn't put on pads until he got to BYU? What? Are you serious? How did I not know that, Jerem? Yeah, pretty crazy. It all begins tomorrow. We'll have Facebook Live recaps, not to mention live interviews of players and coaches. It's going to be great. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast is always on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. Look at Jerem messing with the defense in Studio B. Me and Tanner. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jerem Eberhard. Yeah, there was a Jerem that played for BYU. How did we not do this before? Why did Lauren call us Jerem's unathletic? Football practice is back!